And as we get started, think about the things that we've been talking about. We've been talking about uh, uh, this, this series called Change, um, where we're talking about prayer. We're talking about how we can experience change around us and sometimes even in our own lives um, because of prayer. You know, prayer is one of those things. You know, we, we've had a lot of discussion. Sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes we feel like we don't hear anything. Sometimes we don't feel like we see anything different, even though we've been praying. And so we're talking about prayer that makes a difference, prayer that creates change, change that is produced by prayer. And so, um, Man, I just want to continue that conversation. We've talked about some of our biggest struggles with prayer, like what happens when we don't know how to pray or we never seem to get an answer. But there's so much more good stuff to cover that I want to cover. And we're, we're, you know, we're just spending four weeks on this. And that will never be enough when it comes to prayer. Prayer is endless. The, the understanding, the experiences that you can have through prayer are endless. We have another group that's doing a series, a different series on prayer, and maybe one of these days I hope to kind of do what they're doing um, because they're bringing in different people in our church that, that are sharing their testimonies about prayer. And next week I'm going to have the adults in this room, they're going to share a little bit more about their experiences with prayer as well. But man, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't think I'm praying enough because when I hear about their stories, I'm just, I'm just amazed. You know, there's one story that they shared about uh, somebody found cancer, like there was cancer, the doctor saw cancer, like a big tumor um, in their side or somewhere, I don't remember. Um, and so they're like, okay, we have to have surgery. The surgeon went in, cut the person open, went in, and it wasn't there. So much so that the surgeon was like, I know, I, I didn't make this mistake. I saw that it was there, but when we cut you open, it was gone. Immediately, if you're in that situation, you're like, oh, this must have been for me. God saved my life. But later down the road, this person found out that it wasn't for that person. Sometimes things will happen. You might even be healed, but maybe it's not for you. Because that surgeon started asking questions. How in the world this could have happened? And eventually it led that person to God. The cancer was removed, not for that person, but so that surgeon would come to Jesus. But then there was another person that was going to share on prayer. Her husband had cancer. Her husband died of cancer. How can you hold on to God? How can you hold on to prayer when that happens? And I'm telling you, prayer makes a difference. When you grasp it, when you just, man, like even when you don't give up, when you don't give up with prayer, it makes a difference. It might not always make a difference the way you want it to, but it makes a difference. So, I want to ask a question, and, and this kind of will, will just kick us off tonight, let you talk a little bit. How, you tell me, how would you teach somebody to pray? If you were going to teach somebody to pray, how would you do it? Go. You wouldn't be able to. Good answer. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Anybody else? How would you teach somebody to pray? We told our young grandkids to just pray like you're talking to your parents. So cuss them out and argue and say no. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I didn't do that to my parents. I, I, I didn't. My sister did. <laughs> Probably. 
Not not precious Emily, not, not these Emily's. But I'm sure they're similar. Mm, yeah. Talk to him as if you're driving along the road with him, yeah. But don't yell at him like you're yelling at all the other cars. <laughs> I know we don't have many drivers in the room, but y'all probably yell at the cars anyway. <laughs> or you're yelling at your parents because you don't like the way they're driving. Yeah, yeah. So so there's times where it makes sense talking like, but sometimes maybe we don't need to talk to God like we talk to people sometimes. But I think God at the same time, and this is important, if you're mad, I think God's okay with you yelling at him. He loves you so much, he's willing to listen to you scream. Now, there comes a point where you might have to apologize later, but same with your parents, but uh, anyway, what do you got? Mm-hmm. I would probably say talk, talk to him like you would talk to somebody you admire. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's really interesting because, you know, the whole book of Psalms, you know, if you pick up a Bible and you can, if you want, in the middle of it, you find this massive book, 150 chapters called Psalms. And most of it was written by this king named David. And David loved God and he loved praying to God. But you'll find in there, in fact, I think you find this in there more than you'll find worship Psalms. We're like, God, you're great, you're awesome. You'll find in there, God, why is this happening to me? God, what is going on? God, get me out of this situation. God, rescue those who are struggling. You see David wrestling with God in prayer, and I think he's okay with that. And we'll, we'll talk more about that um, as we go. But um, something that we've been saying over and over again is that prayer equals change. True prayer, genuine prayer. You know, we're genuine youth ministries. We want to be real because we, we're living real life, and we have a real God. But we also want to be real in our prayers. Real prayer brings change. Maybe not in the way we always want it, but it brings change. And usually it brings change to us. Um, but we've been saying prayer equals change. And the first thing that we talked about was how, that pr- how prayer equals change when we begin and end with God. When we start by listening to Him and not just running to what we want and our desires are and, and those kind of things, Prayer equals change when we begin and end with God. Focus. I saw that. All right, moving on. Prayer equals change also when we pray God's own words. We talked about picking up Scripture. Find, find a, you know, there's a lot of passages you won't understand, but you know, find one that you do. Pray it back to God. Psalms is probably the easiest way to do that. To open up Psalms, find something that you can connect with, and just pray it back to God, or pray parts of it back to God. Next week, we're going to practice that, or you're going to have the opportunity to do that. Um, Psalms 27 is one that we spent a lot of time in at the beginning of this year with the one word. That's a perfect chapter to just pray back to God, or find parts that you connect with and pray those back to God. When you don't know what to say, use Scripture. But today, I want to talk, talk about praying perfectly. Perfect prayer, Okay? Perfect prayer. I have one I want to show you. Okay? Perfect prayer. (laughs) 
I don't know. It's YouTube. It's probably not even real. Because most of the things on the internet are fake now. Right? I mean, honestly, mostly. I'm sure that was real because if you ever try to get a kid to do anything that you want them to do, they don't do it. But uh, (laughs) anyway. All right. So let me ask you another question. Let me ask you another question. When it's your turn to pray, do you ever feel like you're pressured to pray in a certain way? Yeah. So, so how does that affect affect your ability to pray? You make you stutter. You get you're like I don't know what to. Yeah, that's good. What else? How do, how do you think that pressure affects the way you pray? Y'all, a bunch of y'all just answered yes, so you should be able to respond. Yeah, it just makes you want to shy back and not do it at all. That's good. Hey, focus, John. What do you think? Do you, do you want me to ask the question again? No, no, no. Okay, good job. So, uh, it, it depends on who I'm with. If it's with my family, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So how do you think that pressure affects your ability to pray? I, I struggle to speak. Struggles, makes struggle speak? What do you think, Kyler? Huh? Stumble your words. Stumble your words. Micah, what do you think? I'm talking to all y'all because y'all are talking to each other. What they said. Okay. We'll come back. Emily, go for it. Yeah. You, sometimes this is the lack of confidence. That's that's the pressure enough. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Self doubt, uh huh. Yeah. Go for it. Um, I hesitate. <laughs> Just hesitate. Yeah, hesitation. There you go. I know I, I've done that like a thousand times. Like, hey, Carson, pray. Okay, I, I got this. <laughs> I just have to like convince myself real quick that I can do this. Go for it. You know, you talk about being pressured in that moment when praying. I used to be the sibling that while Emily is or somebody's praying, I'm messing with her. (laughs) Or I get in trouble all the time because while people are praying, I'm still eating. Um, (laughs) The story's like, yep. 
<laughs> How is that kidding? Yeah. As an adult, though. Y'all listen, y'all listen. For sure. Amen. For sure. <laughs> All right, last one. Um, I, I know this was already said, but I, I uh, stutter a lot. <laughs> for, for example, good job. Way to do that on cue to, as an example. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. So, so when it comes to perfect prayer, there's really not such a, a thing as 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 us being perfect and not stuttering or not messing up or getting sidetracked or you know we talked about falling asleep before um, stuff like that, knowing what to say or confidence or self doubt, you know all that. But but I do want to talk about probably as perfect as we can get. A prayer that is as perfect as we get. I want to talk about that tonight. That it can be, it can be challenging to, to figure out what to pray and, and, and doing it with people and all that. But we're, 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 we get distracted and, and all this kind of stuff. But how many times, I mean, how many times have, have you seen or at least heard a story about God answering prayer? And, and that changes things. You know, when we get stuck and or we don't feel like we're praying perfectly but then we see prayer answered that changes things and so man a lot of people um just get intimidated by prayer you actually look at the disciples even they at times were intimidated by prayer you know we talked about i don't remember what we were talking about exactly but dave pointed out later you know we struggle falling asleep during prayer sometimes so did the disciples, and Jesus called them out on the, on several occasions, like, can you all just stay awake with me for just a little bit, just a little longer, and pray. So, so here, let's, let's read out of Luke. Luke 11 one says this, that when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of the disciples came up to him and said, hey, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. John the Baptist taught his disciples. The disciples here, it's not that they didn't know how to pray. They were raised in praying homes. They were following Jesus. They prayed with Jesus on many occasions. But they're asking something specific here. They see Jesus, and he's different from everything. Something sticks out about Jesus. He's, he's all in. Things seem to be different around him. People seem to change around him. And they see that he is a connection with God like no other. In fact, he is God himself. So it, it, he, they just see that there's something different. And so they're like, look, we want to pray like you. They wanted that kind of experience too. They wanted prayer that makes a difference, that brings change. Okay? And so Jesus, he taught his disciples how, uh, how to pray. And it's, it's what I'm going to call the perfect prayer. The perfect prayer. Um, and it's Jesus' model for how we talk to God. It's, it's not a, a magic spell. It's not a fill-in-the-blank formula. But, but the way Jesus teaches the disciples can teach us some major things about prayer. So I, I want to walk through it. Um, and maybe this will help encourage you in the way you pray. You know, and, and, and maybe it can help you just talking and hearing from God. So let's look at this. In Matthew 6, it's the same story. He kind of They walk up, they're like, hey, teach us how to pray. And Jesus is like, okay. What color is those words? Red. No, they're white at the bottom. Oh. Duh. No, I'm just kidding. Red. Red. 
What does red mean when it comes to the Bible? Jesus is talking. And why is it important to listen when Jesus is talking? Same reason it's important to listen when I'm talking. Because both Jesus and I are awesome. Anyway, no. When red, when Jesus is talking, Jesus is the Son of God. He knows what's going on. He knows what's right here, what's wrong. He knows how to how to overcome anything. So maybe we should listen. So he says this: You should pray like this, okay? And here's what I'm going to do: As we're going through this prayer, I'm going to be pointing, and whichever way I'm pointing, whether it's up or out, it kind of shows us what direction we ought to be praying, what our prayer should be about in the moment. He starts off like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Who's it focused on? God. Jesus is saying, start your prayers with God. Why do you think it's important to start it in a way like this? Yeah, first off, so he knows and so we know who we are praying to. We're not praying to our friends or Buddha or anything like that. Now we're praying to the God of gods, the God of the universe, the creator, the almighty, the sovereign one, the eternal one. We're praying to that God who loves us, who cares for us, who is our father. He's not like our earthly fathers. Our earthly fathers mess up. I mess up. There's been many of times where I knocked Carissa's head against something when we're playing catch with, with her. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But our heavenly father is perfect. And so we recognize who we're praying to, our Father in heaven. What does it say about him next? Why do you think that's important, to include something like that in some of your prayers? What else? What does that mean? Respect? A reminder? To who? Us. God knows who he is. God knows who we're talking to, but he wants us to remember who we're talking to and who that person, what that person's all about. That that God, that him, Father, he's the holy one, he's the perfect one, he's the, you know, he's up there, okay? So that just kind of gets our focus in the right place. That when we start our prayers, like we talked about earlier, begin and end with God. Focus it on God first. Um, I got lost. There we go. So then it, uh, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Um, then it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow, what in the world does that mean? What? <laughs> so what does that mean? What is it saying in, in a different kind of? Uh-huh. You're in control. Your plan. God, let your plan be done. I heard it. You sang it too. It was beautiful. So what else? Why is this important? Why is this important to include in your prayers? Something like this. What is it talking about kingdom? Who, who is our God? What is like, is he, he's our Lord. He's our master. He's our king. Sovereign one. Father. So it's that kind of supreme name, like you have a title that's above others, and everything that is of you is your kingdom, kingdoms, and saying, what is this, so what is this prayer saying? Yeah, God, 
what, what this prayer, what Jesus is saying here is, God, I want your kingdom to be here. I want your kingdom to take over these kingdoms. And we'll look at this a little bit more next week. I want your kingdom to take over my kingdom. We all get stuck in these situations where we want it our way, my way or the highway. In fact, I can prove it to y'all because half the time when you're given an instruction, you choose your own way. Yeah. So when I say be quiet, and then y'all all start giggling and talking, there's an example. We are, especially that one, no, I'm just kidding. But we're all contaminated. We're all struck by this, this disease, this idea that what I want to do is right. And that's not always the case. And so this prayer not only centers us on who God is, we're still pointing up, okay? Not only centers us on who God is and what position he's in, but it's also saying, hey, let's focus. But it's also saying, look, I surrender my rights to you. I want to do your will, your way. So your kingdom come, your will be done. Does that make sense? Y'all following a little bit? So uh, when, when we pray, Jesus is, is demonstrating, again, that first we start with God. That prayer begins with God. And, and, and we need to focus our hearts, our minds, as hard as that can be sometimes, as distracted as we get sometimes. We need to focus everything that we've got on him first. That it's so important. And it's so, it, you know, it's so important for us. God know who, knows who he is. He knows he's on the throne. But sometimes we have to be reminded that this is the God that can actually change things. So when I'm about to ask God to change things, I need to know that, I, I, that he can. I need to remind myself that he can. And I also need to remind myself when I ask for this change, I'm going to go with it. Whatever direction he chooses to go, I'm going to go with it. That's what Jesus is saying in this prayer. Remember, this is red letters. This is Jesus. This isn't Paul who uses big words and makes it hard to understand. No, Jesus is like, look, keep it simple. Ask for God's will and God's way. So Jesus keeps teaching um, them. In fact, before I keep going, going back to this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in How do we align ourselves with God's will? How do we put ourselves in line with God's will and God's way? Praying and reading the Bible? What do you say? Teaching? Following his commands? Obedience? Taking a minute. To just, that's one of the things we talked about in our first... Just take a minute to listen. And what we talked about last week. When we're in the Bible, we find out what his will and his way is. And so we respond with Obedience. And that's what this is kind of all about. We're asking God, hey, tell us which way you want me to go. Help me to respond in obedience. Okay, so, so Jesus keeps talking. And now the arrow is going from up here to here. Whichever way you want to point us. Okay? He says next, give us today our daily bread. What does that mean? How many of you eat bread every day? I do. Good job. I don't know. I, I mean... We eat a lot of bread. I just don't know if I do it every day or not. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I eat hmm, sandwiches. I guess I did today because I had a 
really beautiful brisket, pork, and sausage, and macaroni sandwich. Oh, it was so good. Oh, and barbecue sauce. All, all together from the shed. Anyways, what is this verse really about? Is it about our food? What? What we need, what we need him to teach us? I'm not connecting. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that. I like that. Focus. I hear y'all whispering. I don't like it. You're acting like them. Hey, y'all are doing really good today. They were barking in the parking lot. I told you, control them. There's a difference. All right, Caroline, do you remember what you were saying? All right, <laughs> we'll move on. So so listen, 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 bring it in. I get just as distracted as y'all do. What? <laughs> I get just as distracted as y'all do. Um, you're distracting me. All right, so what does this verse mean? It's not necessarily about food. It's about our needs. It's about the things that God knows that we need. Stop. Like food and shelter, like friendship, like encouragement, love. Sometimes we just need help in our circumstances, counsel, guidance. Sometimes we just need a break, some rest. And God knows that we need these things. And he's willing to give them to us. He desires that we ask for it. God, give me my daily bread. What it means is, is, man, God, give me what I need for right here and now. Give me just what, enough of what I need for the next step. Um, real quick, there was, you know, back in the day, and I don't really remember when this was timeline-wise, like in time, but all the Jewish kids used to go to school, Bible school in a sense, and they would go into their classes and somebody would come into the room and it's, it's their teacher. But then all of a sudden, the big teacher, like this is bigger than the principal. And everybody knows who this guy is. It's bigger than that. This is a rabbi. Okay? Listen, listen. They had like their little Bible teacher. But then the big guy walked in. And it goes silent. Because you know you don't disrespect this dude. Okay? And he starts walking around. He puts a little piece of wax paper on everybody's desk. Then he walks back around and he grabs a honey bear, puts a drop of honey. You know, like little honey bear. I'm trying to make a connection to today. Have you ever gone to Roses and put honey on your sopapillas? Those are honey bears. That's where honey comes from, is bears. No! All right, bring it back. Did you just say it comes from beavers? Bees. <laughs> That's why their tail looks like a honeycomb, right? All right, anyway, listen, listen. So, so the rabbi comes in, and he, and he starts putting a drop of honey, a drop of honey on everybody. And then he says, everybody take your little finger, dip it in that honey, and taste it. And as they do it, he says, look, Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
Taste and see that the Lord is good. Scripture also talks about that he will always satisfy you with honey from the rock. What does that mean? Well, as we're going through life, we run into some rocks. Some things are pebbles, and we step on them like Legos, and it hurts. There's little things in life that are just like, oh, that's annoying. It doesn't really take us down. It doesn't. It just makes us, ugh. Then every now and then, we stub our toe on a bigger rock. Oh, and that makes us angry. Some things happen to us that make us mad, and we want to say bad things because it hurts. But sometimes we're going through life and we encounter some bigger rocks. Maybe they fell and we break something. We break an arm because of these bigger rocks. We go through things in life that really hurt us. That takes a lot of time to repair from, to heal from. And then there's sometimes we're walking along the path of life and we encounter these massive rocks. And we look up and we're like, there's no way over this. There's no way around it. God, how am I going to get over this? Scripture says God will satisfy you with honey from the rock. He will give you just enough of what you need to get past, to get over, to get through these rocks in life, the hardships in life. That's what this daily bread's all about. God wants you to go to him because he's willing to give you what it takes to take the next step when you don't feel like you can take another step. That's what daily bread is all about. And Jesus is saying, look, ask God for help with your daily needs. But Jesus also keeps, keeps going. He says, look, ask God for your daily bread and then say, forgive us our debts, the things that we owe, that we owe to you, just as we have also forgiven those who owe us. Owe us what? Owe him what? What do we owe God? Money. <laughs> Did you make a bet and you lost? God will always win the bets. Let me just help you there. What is, okay. Somebody else said something? Our lives? Why? Because he, why did he die for us? Why did he sacrifice himself for us? Because of sin, right? Somebody said that? We owe God because of our sin. And so Jesus is saying, look, ask for that forgiveness. And he will forgive you. But Jesus also says, if God's going to forgive you, you better forgive others. You have no right whatsoever to withhold forgiveness from anybody else, no matter what they do. So what do you think you're supposed to do in this kind of part of prayer? Moment of silence. What do you think? Start with the first thing and forgive us our debts. Forgive us the things that we... Asking for forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong. And we ask for forgiveness. Yeah, and we ask for, you know, for forgiveness because we wrong others. But what else? What's the next? We also have forgiven... We need to forgive. We need to be forgiven, ask for forgiveness, but we also need to forgive. How many, how many of y'all hold grudges? Everybody raise their hand. Whether you realize it or not, there's a time and place where you've held a grudge. Especially girls, but guys, you too. It's just, I don't know what it is about girls, but y'all hold grudges. 
ask, ask the guys. They could get in a fist fight today and be best friends tomorrow. I have two of them looking at each other right now because they literally did it. I didn't say anybody's name. Girls. One of you, they all... One of y'all could accidentally bump each other. You'll hate each other the rest of your life. <laughs> All right, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. I didn't call y'all out. You were the one that opened your mouth. All right, bring it in. Jesus is saying, "Look, listen, listen." Jesus is saying, look, you need that forgiveness and you need to ask for it. But you also need to make sure that you're forgiving others. Because when you don't, when you don't forgive, there's this thing that's called bitterness that grows in your hearts. And it takes over your life whether you realize it or not. Okay? Listen. Listen. When you don't let things go, when you don't forgive... It takes over you. And it pulls you away from God. It pulls you away from others. And so Jesus is saying, look, this is a need that you have, not only to be forgiven, but to forgive. But then he goes on. And he says, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What does this mean? What do you think this means? Don't let us fall into sin. Yep. Don't let us fall into sin. Why do you think that's important? Why do you think... Deliverance from temptation is important. Yeah. There's, there's, have you all ever seen Larry Boy and the Fib or whatever it's called? Yes. No. A little white lie that grows into a giant monster and tears up the town. What? Rumor weed's the same thing. It's the same story, just two different sins. <laughs> Veggie Tales. Oh, that's the big blue alien thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, the one that I did the best. I don't know. I haven't seen that many. I just saw those two. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus knows. Listen. Listen. Oh, my God. Jesus knows that even the smallest of sins can destroy your life. And he's saying, look, you need to ask for help. Because you're human, you're weak, you're going to trip, you're going to fall. But God, praying to God for help, can make all the difference. It can change everything. It can help keep you from temptation, deliver you from destruction. Go for it. Well, it's possible. If you watch... All right, bring it in, bring it in. So let me ask, think about this. Listen, listen, silence. I just want you to think. Don't answer. Answer, answer in your head for yourself. What are some temptations you need to ask God to protect you and rescue you from? Just think about that. What are some of the temptations that you need to ask God to help you with? We all struggle in different ways. And immediately, if you're anything like me, you know exactly, like, God, this is the area I need help with. This is the area I feel like I'm stuck in sometimes. Jesus says, go to God for help in those areas. 
So how do you think God is calling you to change the way you pray based off of these scriptures? And you can answer out loud on this one. How do you think, based on what Jesus is saying, the way he taught his disciples to pray, how do you think God is calling you to change the way you pray? Less me, more him. But there's still a place for those prayers about us, right? And that's important. God's not saying, hey, I don't want you to ever mention an issue. You, I don't want you to complain to me ever again. That's not what God's saying. But God is saying it is so important that you understand who I am, what I can do, and that you ask for help based off of that. That you're willing to follow my will and my way. Go for it. Satan or darkness or sin or just, yeah. Go for it. You read a story about prayer in Daniel. Um, so interesting. This is, to me, this is so weird to read. And I, Daniel 7, Daniel 8, I can't remember. Um, but maybe it's chapter 9. It's one of those. But Daniel is praying for like a month, like 30 days. And then after 30 days, like I think he went to bed and stuff and ate dinner and stuff. But, but he was steadfast. Like he was consistent. He was persistent in prayer. That's something that also, you know, Jesus talks about that really like right next to these verses. Saying, look, don't give up in prayer. Keep asking. Keep praying. What do we usually do? We pray for something. We're done. We forget about it. We move on. We don't even give ourselves an opportunity to see the change. But sometimes we just need to keep praying, keep bugging God about certain situations. He will respond. He might say, shut up, (laughs) but might not. I caught her off guard. It's okay. But in Daniel, this is interesting, and I'm getting to the, you know, a long way of answering your question. But in Daniel, he starts praying. God doesn't answer. So he keeps praying, keeps praying. God still hasn't answered. A month later, he's been praying every day. And then all of a sudden an angel shows up and says, hey, look, I'm here to answer your prayer. But on the way, Satan stopped me. One of Satan's fallen angels, demons, stopped me and prevented me from coming to answer your prayer until I got back up. Just just picture a movie in your head where the good guy is trying to help somebody, but the bad guy slows them down until the big good guy, the rock Dwayne Johnson, comes and... I know, every, every movie ever. But isn't that so interesting? It shows us that our prayers, one, can make a difference. It's the fact that Daniel didn't, didn't give up. That there was support to allow answers to come. It's not that God is like, oh, we can't handle this. But sometimes God needs us to teach, needs us to realize that we can't give up on praying. Like we need to keep praying. Another interesting story I read once was about this guy that, that prayed for these two guys to come to Jesus, to come to salvation, to make Jesus their Lord and Savior, be saved forever. All it takes is belief and surrender, to believe in Jesus and to surrender to him. This guy prayed for these people for all of his life, and this guy died. And the did God not answer his prayers? 
The guys became Christian, but the guy died and didn't get to see it. See, God wants to answer our prayers, especially when they're in line with his will and his way. But sometimes it's not on our timeline. But these guys, their salvation is pretty much directly attributed that this guy over here never gave up on praying. He didn't even get to see it happen, but God answered the prayer, and he wants to answer your prayers. Don't give up. Don't give up. Especially if you're following this prayer like Jesus. Man, God, I recognize you're God. I'm not. May you be honored in that throne room. May you be recognized as the sovereign one, the king. God, I want your kingdom to come and my kingdom to fall. I want it to be about you and no longer about me. I want to do your will, your way, when you say it. But God, I need help. I need daily help. You know what I need. You know the encouragement I need. The, the, the real things I need to live. The things I need to be able to do my job or keep my family safe. or to God, I need you to provide. And God, forgive me. Because I know I'm wrong so often. God, also help me forgive those who I'm struggling to forgive. People hurt and they hurt me bad sometimes. God, help me to forgive. But God, most of all, keep me from stumbling. Keep me from temptation. Keep me from falling. Because I know if I fall, if I take the wrong step, I'm gone. I'm lost forever. But God, I know you can rescue me. I know you can help me. You already have. You've saved me. So God, help me with these things. That's the kind of prayer Jesus wants from us sometimes. That God wants from us. It doesn't have to be those exact words. But where your heart's in it. And you're connecting with him. And you're asking from him the right things, in a sense. And you're asking just to walk with him. To be in a place where you walk with him and and you don't stray off as much anymore. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to pray. We're going to pray like Jesus, just like I, I did like last week, the week before. I'm going to read one of the scriptures, kind of explain it, and give you a chance to pray that yourself. Okay, but we're going to do it different. Sometimes, who knows why we close our eyes when we pray? Distractions. There's a time and place where you need to open your eyes while praying. One of those is driving. If you're ever driving, don't close your eyes while you pray. But there's other times where opening your eyes is, is important. But there's also other ways to help you focus on God all the more. And sometimes that's just changing position. We get so caught up in sitting and praying that we doze off. or laying down and praying. So what we're going to do is stand up. Stand up. It's a, it's a sign that your full attention's on him. Maybe set your phone down behind you. Set so, stand up. You can close your eyes and just allow yourself to be focused on God for the moment. Okay? So let's close our eyes and let's just focus on him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. So maybe thank God for being your father and loving you personally as his child, and then show him respect by acknowledging how great he is. Take a moment.
May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe ask God's will to be done in and around your life. Maybe be specific on asking God for his will in your life or your family or your friends or your school. But ask God, what, is, what, what do you want? And how can I follow you in this moment? Now what I want you to do is sit down. Stay in that posture of prayer. But as a symbol that you're thinking about your needs in relationship with others now. Pray this, give us today the food that we need, our daily bread. And think about a need that you have right now. Whether it's physical, relational, emotional, spiritual, ask God for his help. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven those who sin against us. Ask God if there's anybody that's hurt you that you're not aware of or if there's anyone that you haven't forgiven. And, and, and forgive them. Ask God to help you to forgive them. But also ask God to help, uh, to, to, to help you accept the forgiveness that he's offering. So the forgiveness that's for you and the forgiveness that's for others. Take a moment. And finally, do not bring us into temptation. Don't let us fall into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Rescue us from the evil one. Let's end our prayer by just asking for the strength to follow God, to choose Him no matter what. Father, You're so good because You love us so much. You've done so much for us. God, help me to keep You as number one in my life. And help me to, man, help others keep You as number one in their lives. God, may You have all the glory, honor, and praise. God, there's a lot of things that I like to control. Even if it's a good thing, help me surrender control to you. God, help me to do things your way, to do things by your will, and to do things when you say to do so. For your kingdom to come over mine. God, there's a lot of needs that I have, that we have, and we ask for, for help with those needs. You know, food and water may not be the issue, but man, sometimes we just need help with our friendships. We need help with our own self-love and self-image uh, sometimes. God, we need help with some of the struggles we have just engaging and growing with you and at school and those kind of things. God, just help us with the needs that we have. God, help us to, to accept your forgiveness. Because when we know we're in the wrong, sometimes it's hard to just be okay to be forgiven. God, help us to walk in that grace and that mercy. 
that you died once and all so that we don't have to walk in guilt and shame. But help us to walk in forgiveness, to accept that forgiveness. And God, help us not to hold back forgiveness to anybody else. People hurt us. Things are said, things are done that that cut to the heart. But God, help us to forgive because we have no right to hold, hold back. Help us to forgive those who have hurt us. And finally, God, just there's a lot of ways we fall to the side, that we stumble, that we sin, that we mess up. God, help us to recognize when those moments are happening and to choose you. And when we don't, once again, to accept that forgiveness and come back to that situation and choose you, to follow you, to make you our number one priority. And we thank you that Jesus taught us this prayer. And it's because of him we pray in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Before you go, one last thing. Luke 5.16 says this, Yet Jesus often withdrew. He, he, he took off to deserted places, to a private place, and prayed. This week, when, where, how... How can, how can you find a way to pray like Jesus did? I want you to think about that. As you leave here, how can you do this? Find places to make him number one and just spend some time in prayer. And again, you can come back to Matthew chapter 6 and follow that little example that he set forth. Or pray with your own words. It's okay. If you skip a step, it's okay. God just wants to talk with you. When we learn to pray like Jesus prayed, I think we'll, we'll be far more likely to see God change something, something in the world around us, maybe even our own hearts too. Because once again, prayer equals change when we pray like Jesus prayed.